When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And um, I remember I was in a lot of like alternative, more like fuzz guitar rock and roll bands before May. And May has a lot of, of rock and roll guitar um, you know, vibe to, to us. But um, Embers was really soft and, and melodic and, and didn't have uh, a lot of the energy that uh, that I'd been used to, so I think it was it was really cool to see like that we tried to write songs based on like a story being told and a hook being conveyed and kind of you know a, a melody that would that make you just sing along maybe by the time you heard the first chorus for the first time. And welcome back to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis. Got my brother Quentin with me today, as always. Okay, we got a lot of shout outs to give here. Are we doing that right off the bat? Yeah, I think we should. I think we should do that right off the bat, dude. Let's not let's just line them up and just knock them out of the park. <laughs> All right. So, um, through the magic of of the internet and something called Instagram Q, one of our our dear friends from the past, a ghost from my past, reached out and uh, said she uh, she listened to our Emory episode and wanted to um, call me out for being an emo poser. Basically, <laughs> she didn't say that exactly, but um, the funny thing. Okay, so. Here's shout out number one. Actually, it's going to be number one and two combined into one. Karen, Mary, if you're listening, what's up? How's it going? We're, we're is it? Hang on now. Is it Mary or is it Marie? Uh, well, <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I think it's I think it's Marie or Mary. Sorry, we're so sorry. This is terrible, but um, you know who who you are out there. Anyway, I was super stoked to hear that. I'm always, I'm always really happy and excited to hear that, um, you know, people from our past stumbled upon our, our, our podcast and, and listened to it. Yeah. I love it, man. You know, it's awesome. I love that shit. This is what, this is why we do this, right? To, to connect with people and share music with people. And it makes it more special when it's 
people that you've you know lost touch with like connections that you know have just gotten lost over the years you know it's cool to reconnect with people oh and it's great too because we're still on that that school bus man yes so this is great it timing. makes perfect sense this is like the funny thing is these last few weeks of episodes have been devoted to music that we listened to in high school and yeah these two friends of ours karen reaching out to us from our from our past from our high school years dude all right so well hold on let me just finish saying give my shout out here okay basically here's the thing um we were talking about email music basically and i said this is actually i'm gonna call myself out i don't know how many times i need to learn this lesson q but i feel like we didn't even acknowledge it in the emory episode how wide-ranging emo music is and how, to this day, I still have it penciled in as Screamo. Screamo to me, me for some reason, I can't shake that shit. So um, we kept talking about how we don't listen to emo music that much. And like, like you remember in the Emory episode, that's what we kept saying over and over again. We kept saying that we don't listen to emo music very often. And that's just not the case. So like, um, you know, like we've mentioned before, Jimmy World is an emo band. I, I think that's the perfect example in my mind because I never thought that they were emo, but they are definitely emo, right? Yeah. And it turns out yeah. over the last few weeks, dude, we listened to nothing but emo back then. So um, anyway, she was yeah. talking about how, um, uh, you know, I said, yeah, I don't consider myself, like I don't have uh, any emo cred. And then she shot back, which is so funny that she said this. She goes, oh, well, I would consider May to be pretty emo. And here we are, dude. We're doing an emo. Uh, <laughs> sorry, we're doing a May episode right now, dude. So, yes, yeah, that's crazy. Absolutely, May is emo, and we listened to the shit out of this record, dude. This was one of our favorite records. Hang on, now let's backtrack again because you can't, you can't say that Karen reached out to you without me uh, making fun of you a little bit, brother. I mean, what's the point of having a podcast with your twin brother if you don't make fun of him every now and then? I don't know where this is headed to you, but I'm. <laughs> I'm strapped in and I'm ready. Okay. So on our Emory episode, dude, you mentioned not liking Fallout Boy or taking back Sunday for a certain somebody that it reminds you of. Now, this isn't news to, to anyone, uh, any parties listening, but Karen, you know, Travis was crushing on you horde <laughs> in high school, dude. Horde. <laughs> okay. So let me just and, finish the sentence before you embarrass me anymore, Q. Uh, okay. Yes, the person that I was referring to yeah. that Fallout Boy reminds me of, which is why I didn't like them, was... Jordan Pipsqueak. Don't say his name. <laughs> That's not his real last I name. I know that. <laughs> it was her, her, her current boyfriend at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I was hanging out with him, dude. I, I worked with him at PetSmart. Well, did he actually listen to Fallout Boy, or was that all bullshit? I don't fucking See, know, dude. That's the thing. I don't even know if he actually listened to Fallout Boy, <laughs> but for whatever reason, you know, I, I think I must have equated Fallout Boy with, with that guy. And so, like, in my little high school mind, I was like, well, fuck that band then, (laughs) dude. Anyway. um, All right. One last thing on this particular shout-out before we move to the next one. I'm going to say a code word. Karen's going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Puppy chow. That's all I got to say. Newspaper nerds. No, no, no. (laughs) And, and, And if you need to know, like, if you're curious how to make puppy chow... Yeah. Karen can tell you exactly how. That's all I got to say, <laughs> dude. Awesome. Uh, okay. Shout out number two, technically number three. Uh, our good buddy, Tyler, 
Mr. Spoon himself, that's what I'm going to call him from now on, uh, our resident Spoon nerd is about to launch his Spoon podcast. Uh, as Actually, it's going to be launched already by the time this episode goes out. So we can't call him our resident anymore because he's he's left. He has his own podcast now. Like he's not well, we don't get to claim well, him anymore. He was never on our show or anything. No. But any from from now on, anytime we have a episode devoted to Spoon, I want Tyler on the show. Yes, absolutely. And we've talked about circling back to them at some point, and we definitely will. Yeah. Um so Tyler's got a podcast that he is launching called I Turn My Podcast On. If you don't know the reference, then you're not a Spoon fan. Uh, and he is already, he already got an interview with Britt Daniel, which is awesome to me. It's amazing. Uh, and there's, there's going to be clips of, uh, that interview with him on his first episode, which came out last Wednesday. So hop on. His first episode is going to be about Telefono. Uh, and man, I'm just so excited for this podcast. Yeah, basically he's going album by album. I think so. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of history. So if you're a Spoon fan, Check him out. So again, this podcast is called I Turn My Podcast On. We're really excited for you, dude. Uh, Well done, sir. I'm excited to hear more of it. Yes, exactly. Okay. All right, man. We got to move on. This is sloppy. We're not used to doing doing (laughs) shout outs like this. So anyway. um, Okay. So today, I kind of mentioned it earlier. I don't think I mentioned the album. So we're talking about a band called May, also on Tooth & Nail Records, just like Emery, just like Me Without You, just like some other band that we did, right? Um, so, yeah, we were all over this record label for some reason. The name of the record is called Destination Beautiful. It is their debut record, and it came out. Hold on, Matthew. I'm looking it up for you. Right <laughs> um, Spotify can, can, can just suck it sometimes, man. <laughs> Uh, 2003 came out in 2003 <laughs> and um, yeah, there was something about this record um, that just made it stand out. I think that made it really Which is what we have been saying. I know <laughs> about, about the last few records that we've talked about, but I mean, yeah, and maybe that was just something, something um, to say about, about this particular record label is that they were looking for acts that were doing something a little bit different than the rest of the, the pack, you know? I mean, don't you think that, every record label is going to say that that's what they're all about. Yeah. But obviously they don't all deliver the goods, you know? Yeah, so anyway, um, May. Okay. So when did this come out again? 2003. Okay. So how old were we? Uh, 16. And we were, we were 16, dude, we, dude. we were right there. It's not like we came, came onto this record later. Like we were, we must've got this record right when it came out. And I remember yeah. having a shirt that said, May is for lovers. I remember that shirt. Yeah, because they're from Virginia. Virginia is for lovers, right? Um, yeah. So anyway, dude, here's another fucking juicy little tidbit from high school. I remember wearing that shirt and this guy named Craig. I'm not going to say your last name, but you know who you are if you're listening. Pretty sure he made fun of that shirt and I never wore it again, dude. That's how. Oh, no, yeah, man. Dude, and that's just it goes to show you. Wait how, a second, how, uh, how Hang on. Impacted. the Craig the the Craig that played drums? Yeah, the yeah the drummer. Oh my god, dude, who he ca- was. Who cares about? Dude, <sighs> I, you can't you can't insert any logic into the brain of a high okay. school. 
kid. Yeah, you're right. But, but yeah. Now, now that you mentioned Craig and we're on this nostalgia trip. Yes. Uh, let's make fun of the band name that he, the band that he was in and their name was just terrible. Ah, dude, I don't even remember. Forte Premises. Get what the is, fuck out of here. What kind of mean? band name is that? Yeah, no wonder they didn't go anywhere. Anyways, uh, that guy was kind of a punk, so we're allowed to, to yes. poke fun at yes, him. Yes, he was. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I wish I still had that shirt, man, because I'd rock the shit out of it right now. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, so these guys are from Virginia. They formed in 2001, and May is actually an acronym for multi-sensory aesthetic experience. Did you know that, Kim? What? No, dude. I had no idea. Yeah, so basically the drummer- his name is Jacob Marshall. Are we gonna are we gonna mention the the time I caught his drumstick and freaked the fuck out at that concert, dude? Yeah, we'll get to that later. <laughs> um so yeah, Jacob Marshall, he's a drummer. He heard that term or studied that concept of multisensory uh experiences in, in like a some course that he took in, in college and and that's what stuck with the group and um for for me in particular it's not just a, a a name like um beyond especially beyond this first record they have sort of made a a point to in, in a way that really reminds me of um kiln that group kiln that we did yeah. an episode on where oh yeah it is about exploring you know these these concepts of like sound and how that can sometimes trigger other senses right uh and, you know because like with kiln we talked about it on the episode where you're listening to the music that you're hearing and sometimes it, you know it might sound like bubbling or something like that or some sort of other or, yeah or natural like insect or something occurrence or something like that yeah 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 so may has has, has tried to do some of that um most recently this sounds really dope, dude. They did a so um, this was back in. Let me see if I can find out what it was. I don't have the year in front of me here. You want me to insert some of that on hold music? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Give me a fucking date. Okay, back in <laughs> back in 2016, they were um, they performed at the Forbes 30 Under 30 Summit, which is a pretty big deal, right? And what they did was they had this this experience that they called it that they named Light. And what they did was passed out basically these virtual reality headsets. Um, Made out of cardboard. You might have seen this back back. Oh, when I've seen this. Yeah, and you slide your your phone into it, mm-hmm. um, and then that allowed them to do this 360. The audience could then view this 360 degree animation of the creation of the universe while the band played in time to that wow. video. How dope is that? Cool. So uh, that song "Light" uh, was on their latest record at the time. Um, I think it. I think it still is their latest record. Came out in um, twenty, yeah, twenty seventeen. Called uh, so basically, they took a hiatus. They took like a three year hiatus. They came back in twenty seventeen and put out a self titled record 
called multi-sensory aesthetic experience right oh nice and uh that song light was on that record and um anyway so here's what's even cooler about that it was a collaboration with may a artist slash animator named david lobster and neuroscientist david eagleman now hang on dude did you say david lobster no i said lobster almost <laughs> okay. could be could be could be lobster you know Anyway, the reason I wanted to bring all of that up was that, like, this is a, what you're going to hear, the band that you hear on the songs we're playing today has essentially taken that concept of, like, connecting sound with with other things, other senses, like visuals and whatnot, and, and they've sort of ran with it over their career. Um, okay. The record that we fell in love with, the record that we're talking about today is their very first record. These guys were super young. And as he mentioned in that intro, that interview clip, that was actually Dave Elkins, who's the the lead singer. He mentioned in that interview clip that introduced us in that like he was more used to the heavier rock and roll sound. And for whatever reason, they decided as a group to do more melodic stuff, focus on hooks, you know, focus on lines that you that that are gonna, you know, that you're gonna start singing the first time you hear it kind of thing. Hook, yeah. writing writing uh you know catchy so this tunes. is their pop this is their pop record but it's funny because i just wonder what what made them decide to not be a heavy rock band because that's what he was used to what it also makes me wonder um so that so that means that they were making music together as a band pre-destination beautiful i would like to know what that sounded like i bet you there's demos out there that you could find let's find them um, so, hey, dude, I feel like we need to play a song. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, okay, so yeah, let's let's play the first song. So um, anyway, I just wanted to, you know, I like to paint pictures, Q. Yeah, you love to paint them. You know, you got to set the stage before you take the stage. That was beautiful. Well, that's the destination today. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. All right, what are we playing first? All right, so um, usually we like to play our song choices in order of the appearance on the record, but I'm going to mix it up a little bit today because I wanted to play this song first in particular, because I think it, it encapsulates the band better than the other song that we were going to play that would have been first, right? The song is called all deliberate speed. And we're going to have two, two clips for this because one of my favorite parts of the song, and I know you like it too, mm-hmm. is the, the outro this thing that happens in the outro so we'll we'll play that next but here's here's the the first clip so again the song is called all deliberate speed So are you 
one of my favorite drum beats. Yeah, it is. It is a really interesting drum beat. You're right, dude. And let me tell. I, I got to say this, man. So, I still dabble behind the kit. Usually, I'm just dicking around by myself at home, um, and that is my warm up drum beat. That's awesome because it. Yeah, because it's a it's it really it's good for like limb independence practice because all limbs are involved in that beat. I fucking love that drum beat. Isn't that the name of a like a Beyonce song, Limb Dependence or something like that? <laughs> what? <laughs> I said limb independence. Uh, limb independence, isn't that like a, a, a Beyonce <laughs> song or something like that? I don't fucking dude. I'm not a not a Beyonce fan. That was a I teed that joke up. Hang on a second. Hang on. Let me think about it. What, what, all the single limbs? I don't get the joke, oh, dude. Oh man. Oh, dude. <laughs> Number one, this okay. This is why we focus mainly on rock and roll on this podcast. You, well, let me guess. You didn't mean Beyonce. I didn't get the artist right. It was actually Kelly Clarkson. Uh, Kelly Clark- Clarkson. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> Miss Independent. Uh, you get it? Limb, yeah, dude, limb you, dependent. Oh, all right. Whatever. You missed the mark on that, Jeff. Sorry. Um. But yeah, see, now let's talk about, and now it makes more sense. Maybe that's why you got so, you, you lost your mind in the audience when you caught the drumstick. Cause we, so we went and saw May a long time ago. It was probably trees, right? It was trees for sure. It was definitely trees. And um, this band Probably my called, favorite venue in, in Dallas, in Deep Ellum. It's, I mean, yeah, it's back. Or the Gypsy, Gypsy Tea Room. That's a cool place too. Anyways, man, no one fucking knows what we're talking about. There's the you remember the ballroom too the gypsy ballroom yeah I I preferred the tea room too because it was more intimate but yeah we saw May years ago probably this it was probably 20, 2003, 2004. it may have been yeah they were definitely touring for I this bet album. you it was two thousand three yeah so um and yeah the the guy threw the 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 drumstick into the crowd May was not the headliner so there weren't that many people in the crowd at the time so who you was were, the headliner I don't remember but it was some really um gimmicky band that didn't last huh. it wasn't good charlotte but it was a band that was very very similar to good charlotte i remember that okay anyway um no but yeah and i, I caught his drumstick and i fucking you lost your mind i, I lost my shit you started dude. screaming like at the drumstick like you were yelling into it <laughs> like you yes! were, like you were excited and uh, like exclaiming your I excitement could, i could feel into the, the drumstick or something like that as if the drumstick had any clue what was going on Dude, but anyway, it um, knew. did you it knew it was up? Did you get him to autograph that? Yes, I did. Do you still have it? No, oh. man, I don't have anything from my from my youth, dude. It's a real bummer. That's a shame. But no, they were all uh, hanging out like behind the venue, you know, classic band stuff. And we were hopping into Mitchell's mom's van because <laughs> she took us to the show. It was me, you, Mitch, and uh, Andrew. Shout out to. To Mitchell, we know he's listening. Shout out to Mitch, uh, yeah. Um, and I saw them. I saw, dude. I was like fearless back then when it came to like chatting it up with bands. I just didn't care, and I just ran over there and I asked him if he could sign it. And I, I remember asking uh, Mitchell's mom if she had a pen, uh, a pen or something. <laughs> she didn't, but uh, Dave had a sharpie in his pocket. Of course, he did. Yeah, well, that's cool. Anyways, yeah. Um, Let's name the rest of the, the roster here. So we have Jacob Marshall on drums. We mentioned that. Dave Elkins is the lead singer-songwriter. He also plays guitar. Zach Gehring, Jering, also plays guitar. Is the, it Jerry 
Larry or Gary? Who knows, man? Oh, that's a that's a Parks and Rec reference right there. Yeah, not gonna let that slip by me. Sorry. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to see who the members were at the time here. So, um, now the real question is: Do anyone listening do they care? All right. Well, I mean, you, you got to at least know you got to at least know the lead singer. His name is Dave Elkins. Um, yeah, he is the the main kind of uh, creative force behind the music itself. Um, but it is important to note that on this record. And the following two records, there was a keyboardist and a additional um, guitar player. So um, that's important to know because you can the, the piano plays a pretty important part on this record, right? And much like some of the other bands we've talked about over the the years of doing this podcast, they signed with a major record label, Capitol Records. And they got burned by that experience, and um, I mean that's a broken record. Yes, it just it almost goes without saying, right? Uh, and one of the main reasons was because they they felt that they lost too much control. So that's it. That is what I mean. It yeah, it is a cliche, but it's just what happens, right? Uh, so anyway, after after the uh, the major label release, two other members dropped off the band. Uh, so now it's just been a three piece. Um, from 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 here on out, right? So anyway, um, you want to play clip two? Yeah, let's play the next clip, and then um, I think this is what will will kind of showcase what makes these guys special. It, it shows you how these guys do really well with building up these layers, these textures of of sound, right? And um, yeah, so you're about to hear that right now. This is the second clip for all deliberate speed.
That's one of my favorite moments on the record, dude. Hands down. Oh, absolutely. Hands down. And like, I respect and appreciate bands that are willing to explore something like that and keep it on the record, right? Because to me, that's probably just something that came out of like an organic jam session or something like that, right? In the studio or in the rehearsal space or whatever. Um, yeah. And that's the kind of thing that gets cut on Capitol Records, right? I guarantee you they wouldn't leave something like that in. I mean, yeah, I think the the main thing is just how long it drags on. Exactly, because it almost. I don't mean life. that in a negative way, but it's very. It's it's a repetition. Yes, you know, it's it's a. But it's repetition with like with an in, a very clear intent. You know what I mean? Of building up this yeah. this moment because like it's not it's not necessarily the same thing over and over again. They're adding different no. textures to it and whatnot. Right. But I like how he has his. He's using his voice as another instrument. Yeah. And you know we could we we could very well be wrong on that. It might not have come out of a jam session. It could be very much a calculated thing. But I mean, well, here's the funny thing, dude. We could be so wrong. What if this was the producer's idea? <laughs> yeah, but they produced it themselves, dude. I didn't tell you. Oh, so cool. So yeah, they self-produced this record. They had their collection of songs before they got signed to Tooth and Nail. That's what I was about to ask. They you. recorded it um, themselves, so they had these okay. songs already, and they actually had a licensing deal with tooth and nail that that allowed them to 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 retain the masters themselves which i thought was kind of smart now that sounds very much like uh spoon i think it was a series of sneaks they had the entire album just completely recorded and, and done tyler please correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure that that they struck up a similar deal with um i think matador records man i'm probably so off thank no, god that that sounds about be right dude Thank God there's a Spoon podcast coming out that I can double check my facts on these. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's cool, dude. I didn't know that. Yeah. So anyway, um, I got I got a quote here, Q. I got a, a really, this is one of the best interview questions I've ever read. And I love, I love the phrasing of this. And I wish more interviewers would ask musicians this question. But this is a good. It, it's can a we good, give a shout out to the interview? Yeah, we can. Um, or at least I can, I can. Yeah, I'll cite the source at least. Um, TalkNerdyWithUs.com. Oh, okay. An interview with uh, with Dave Elkins back in 2019. So last year, pretty fucking recent. And the question is, I'm always genuinely curious about what artists want to convey with their music. How would you describe your sound without using genre names? What kind of music do you produce? That's a badass question man because so many people i mean get... that's one of those questions where i would be like hmm shit dude let me think on that for a little bit yeah you know, like, because you're so used to being like what would you guys call your are you guys more of an emo band or what? yeah you know what i mean like put the genres aside what how would you describe your sound right that's a great question and dave says the music that we aim to create and are most inspired by tends to be both emotionally and technically capable of holding some facet of the human experience. We love building worlds and taking people on journeys. And man, all deliberate speed, that outro takes you on a journey. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, this interview question was in 2019. And like I was saying, they have definitely been building toward that that idea of building worlds and taking people on journeys. with That multi-sensory concept. Yeah, virtual reality taking you through the creation of the universe during their performance right so they're doing it especially today in current times but even back on their first record 
with this song in particular, they're doing it with an outro without any special effects or anything, right? So anyway, it's part of who they are, right? So anyway, uh, all right, look here, let's let's move on to the next track here. And um, this is also one of my favorite tracks. It's almost like we only play our favorite tracks on this podcast queue. Um, but there is something... I mean, isn't that in our tagline, dude? Probably. Our favorite right. records is what we say. And they're, yeah. Um, but this song, I like the song because it is a it, it's a melody and like a guitar sound that you don't often hear in an emo song. It almost sounds like almost like a uh, like a nod to the police or something like that. That um, that the guitar chords and the way that they they they, they strum it. If I was more technically proficient i would i would tell you exactly what he's doing but i can't do that so that's all right brother i forgive you i can only use words like sounds like police uh anyway so this we song, all forgive you yeah the song is dope um i wish we could play the whole song q i mean let's do it what, right. which song are we talking about are we, are we jumping back ahead we're talking about this time is the last time and the ending of this song is, you're going to get goosebumps if you're paying attention, okay? I like to call them goosebumplies. Goosebumplies. Um, so we're playing the whole song? Is that what's happening? Well, no, 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 it's not. But let's, we got we to gotta play the outro at least. So let's, let's just play the, just play the, play the whole fucking song. Come at me, um, May Recording Company. <laughs> Come at me, Dave. They've got their Seriously, own. Seriously, though, I would love to chat with Dave. Dude, I reached out to him on Twitter and asked him if he wanted to be interviewed on this podcast, and I got, I heard the sound of, of crickets. Yeah, you're striking out lately with that. I'm sorry. What, what, what do you want to say, dude? I'm not, not everybody can be <laughs> Tyler Darling and, 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 and get an interview with Brett Daniel right out the gate. Yeah, Tyler, how the hell did you pull that off, man? All right, here is track two from Destination Beautiful. This song is called This Time Is The Last Time.
So many great moments, dude. Yeah, I know, dude. It's just so um, perfectly executed. Like everything about it. And the reason I said the police is they, um, you know, the rhythm of that guitar, the stabbing of those guitar chords. It's basically Roxanne. It's Roxanne, right? Yeah. It is It is that same, that same exact almost uh, down to like the tempo and everything. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. So the reason I wanted to, to play the whole song is you can hear how effectively... Number one, you just slightly change that chorus at the end. Yeah, the way that they that they that he is more he is more exasperated at the very end of it. Yeah, uh, the way that he is almost screaming. It's the most screaming that that happens on this record. I think I don't think he ever yells quite like that any any other time on the record. Um, but I love how and they did this a couple times, especially the very last thing that he yells somehow make it through. And then it almost mm. cuts. It goes right to this quiet part. Yeah. It goes back to that really basic. Yeah. It's just such a badass song, man. I love it. And hey, you. So you mentioned the, that they have, they've got a keyboard player. Yeah. On this song. I mean, I'm sorry. On this on the, album. On the record. Yeah. Yeah. So I like the little part. It pops up in the second verse in the background, the little keyboard ditty. It's like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yes, it's very, very. It's another little subtle, subtle addition. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that uh, the use of the keyboardist definitely contributes to the 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 impact of of these songs, right? Yeah, uh, it's very well done. The the keyboard parts. So, Q, I'm going to cite what seems to be my my favorite source lately. Punk News. Punknews.org, man. This guy reviewed every record that we've talked about for the last few weeks. Um, yep. Punknews.org, and he and he reviewed these. These reviews are from 
the time that these records came out. So this is, well, 2004, so around the same time. Um, so this guy named Andy on pocknews.org, this is a pretty big compliment right here. He says, the last time I heard a CD, CD, which is funny, right? <laughs> that sounded this good and blew me away as much as this album did was Jimmy Eat World's masterpiece, Clarity. And that's a that is a compliment and a half right there. And I I've actually heard the comparison um, before. It may have been in this same article, but it does. Yeah, now that I think about it, it is. Yes. It's got some old school Jimmy vibes, and that's probably why why we loved this record so much. Uh, his his vocal range is is very similar to to Jim Atkins of Jimmy Eat World, the higher pitch, and the the emotion. I hate, I hate to throw the the word emotion around when talking about emo music. You've but, already done it once, I know, dude. I know. But anyway, yeah, I, that's a great comparison. And I think this record has as many like different sounds as the Jimmy World, in particular Clarity, and then obviously Bleed American too, right? It bounces around quite a bit. Jimmy World also did did much more in the vein of like heavier with some distortion, right? Especially on Clarity. Yeah. And Bleed American, the, the song Bleed American, right? That That intro at the beginning. What a great fucking guitar riff! Man. We need to do that. Uh, we need to do an episode on that record because we did we did Clarity. Uh, go back and listen to our Clarity episode. We kind of touch on the history of emo, and that's when we had our epiphany. They're like, "Oh, emo music is much broader than we thought," and then we still haven't learned that lesson, dude. I keep, <laughs> we keep having forgetting. to remind myself to listen to my own words. Yeah. Anyway, All right, so we got one more song to play. We got right? one more song, and um, this is. I don't. This might be my favorite track. Period. Same. We're the same person, you and me. Real quick, dude. Before we do that, let's take a quick break. All right. So we're playing "Sun," right? We're playing a song called "Sun," and I think one of the reasons I like this song, and again, the three songs that we that we're playing today, they all have so very different sounds in between them, right? And the intro to this song, the main like melody in the background of this of the verse, at least, it's almost got like a jazz. It's got a jazzy kind of vibe to it, almost. Yeah. The bass line is is amazing. Shout out to the bass player. Sorry, I don't know what your name is because I can't tell if you're Rob, Mark, William, or Jacob because I can't I can't see a freaking person. Here we go. I got it. Don't worry about it. Got got to figure it out here. <laughs> I was worried for a little bit. It's either Mark or William. I guess it's Mark. Because <laughs> they got dates next to him. So that's funny, dude. Sucks to be William Clark. He was a bass player from 2001 to 2002. So he didn't even get to make ah, it on the record. He missed out. Yeah. Sucks to suck. He dude. missed out on that destination. Yep. He did not make it to the destination. To the to that beautiful destination. Um, All right, let's play it. Yeah, dude. Baseline, the, the, the really cool effect that Dave has on his voice during the verse. It, it's such a great... Verse to chorus, there, there's such a, a a change between the verse and the chorus. I'm going to shut up and we're going to listen to it. Here it is. The song is called Sun. I'm a mess. Steps to 
Yeah, man, that is absolutely my favorite song on it's, record. It's it's such a great song. His like melodic timing and 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 the lyrics are so great. Yeah, and the lyrics themselves are great, dude. I'm gonna read it. I get to read it, not you, me. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Let's 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 <laughs> let's wait on the lyrics because I actually okay. have a video clip, an interview of him explaining the meaning behind the song. Oh, awesome! All right. So, um, yeah, let's play that. This is a uh, in the same interview um, that we pulled for the intro. Uh, uh, he did it a few years back uh, with this uh, this publication called Belief Net or something like that. Um, he's talking about, and in particular, never mind. <laughs> Just play the damn. Fuck. <laughs> God damn. Son is about a relationship that um, was very important to me when I was younger that, that didn't pan out. And it's like the story of the unraveling of that relationship. And um, it's really interesting because it's sort of like a darker and almost sort of hopeless song in, 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 uh, in what I meant it to be. But there have been a lot of people that have found hope in that song. Um, my stepdad and I, um, we... We weren't very close when I was growing up, and um, I remember we played a show uh, at a venue called The Jewish Mother, which is actually the same venue that we reunited and played just last week. And, um, and, and his mother had just passed away like a couple of days uh, before that show, or maybe the night before that show. And he came out to the show, and I sang Sun Acoustic, and, and he was just standing there like bawling. And I don't know what it was that I was singing about, but he was having a connection with his mother through that song and that was like the very beginning of, of my stepdad becoming my best friend and to grow up around someone that you don't know and then pursue your dream of playing music and then have that be the connection you know with with my father really if anything I mean I, I, he's my dad uh, like you just don't expect those things to happen I mean he's, he's like that kind of businessman that you only see like you know at seven o'clock when he comes home from work exhausted and and that's all I knew when I was a kid. But we, as an adult, and especially through Sun, uh, we really connected. And uh, you just can't plan for those things. That's like what music does that you just have no control over. That's beautiful, man. I love that. Yeah. Such a great story. And I love that last line. The things that music does that you have no control over. Uh, man, almost every time I listen to music, I lose control over something, man. Uh, yeah. Well, there was uh, my, my What You Heard pick for today uh gave me a moment that i had no control over q dude uh, i got i got quite the what you heard as well dude i'm pumped all right so anyway um i love that story about his stepdad right Mm -hmm. it's awesome i I like how he also said i don't know what words i was singing yeah he was connecting with the song in other words saying like obviously to dave this song is very much about this this relationship that didn't work out from back in the day and then his stepdad heard it and those lyrics made him think of his mother is that what he said yeah or he was just having an emotional connection to to music right yeah um and anyway so like he mentioned he said he 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 played son acoustic and i have a clip of him playing son acoustic during that same interview that we're going to play for the second clip of this of this song and I want you to pay attention to how he changes the 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 delivery of of the chorus and stuff a little bit. It has a kind of a, a whole new vibe to it, which is, so, which is awesome. Real quick, before that, I want to read my favorite line in this record. Okay, first verse. Uh, 
He says, the confidence you held in us is the rope we almost hung ourselves with. Damn. That's just, man, yeah. Um, I know that there were better days, but to see the light and to feel the rays, life was always back and forth, and we were idling or making useless ruckus. I fucking love it, dude. That's good stuff, man. I love it, man. Very good. All right. All right. So here is here is an acoustic version. We don't do this very often, but I like it when we do. We play live live clips. So this yeah, is it's uh, been a minute since we've done that, dude. Yeah. So this is the uh, this is the outro here. Beautiful. Love it. Can't get enough of it. What a voice on that guy, man. Yeah, it's great to hear. So this concert, or it wasn't a concert, it was a very intimate interview, and he did these acoustic songs. Um, it was 2013, so that was the 10-year anniversary of the record, and they had done some shows where they did the whole record, right? So anyway, um, yeah, I I love the, the, the different feeling that that song has when it's done acoustically and that's the version of the song that his stepdad heard in the audience and connected with um anyway i just yeah like you said his voice man it's great it's incredible um and yeah just to to me when i heard that acoustic version it just it just took on a different a different life you know totally yeah man i'm gonna listen to more of these tunes from this set he does, uh, you know, a few a few things from from other records beyond Destination Beautiful, but he, he plays Embers and Envelopes live, um, and then I think the rest of it is all post Destination Beautiful. But anyway, cool, really cool interview. Uh, we'll post the videos on our our website uh, so you can dig in deeper uh, if you if you care to. But that's it, man. That is that is our our look at at May. And one of our favorite records, dude, to this day. Yeah. One of the most important records, I think, of, of my youth. Yeah. You know, and I was wondering, like, why do you think we we latched onto this record so much? I think it does have to do with the the musical prowess, if you will. Yeah. The 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 drummer uh is phenomenal and the guitar riffs 
you know, are, are unique. And I like, I don't know, I like the acoustic part of it. You know, I mean, even even on the actual record, there's a lot of acoustic bits. And it's just really unique guitar structures and song structures. And his voice is just so great, man, and different. Yeah. It's it's a higher pitch. You, now, you mentioned last week that that, that you think he, he's a little more in the whiny category. I guess what I meant to say was... Um, not whiny. I guess whiny is the wrong word to use. You know who's whiny? Yeah. It's fucking uh, Mark Hoppus from Blink-182. That guy <laughs> yeah. whines. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I guess what I meant was compared to whoever the lead singer is of, of Emory, if we want to go back to Emory, um, he has... Dave Dave of of May seems to have more of that that flair that happens sometimes with with emo singers where it it sounds I I don't know how to it's not nasally you know yeah what I mean? I, yeah I get what you're saying especially yeah. yeah especially when you listen to a May song yeah and I th- I think yeah I know what you mean I think the the reason I probably latched on this record and maybe maybe you as well Q is yeah it it, it they do sound like Jimmy World but they have some more complexities and layers to them that that sometimes more so than than Jimmy Jimmy goes right. Bleed American came out two years earlier to this, so we were all over Jimmy at that time. All right, so yeah, Q, that was that was Destination Beautiful. Um, I know we say this every time, but you got to listen to the whole record. Do we even have to? We should just record ourselves saying that and just push play every episode, so we don't have to say it over and over again. <laughs> but yeah, um, this is one of those records. <laughs> I also say that every time, but anyway. Yeah, man. That's what we preach on. Hey, that's the whole, that's what we preach, dude. If we're covering an album on this podcast, it's an album that is deserving of a listen all the way through from track one. Or at least we, at least we think so, you know? Yeah. You might not like any of this stuff, but if you're a fan of Jimmy World and that era of emo music, this record is a, is a must to listen, I would say. If you're, if you're not familiar with them, you have to you have to give this this uh, album a shot. So yeah, this is Destination Beautiful by May, and that's how you put a nice little bow on top of it, Q. So all right, now we're gonna segue into our weekly segment called What You Heard, where we both bring a track to the table that we listened to since we last spoke. Uh, you know, just another way to to share more tunes with with the world. You know, and by the world, I mean I don't know ten, twenty people who listen. <laughs> we at least know, dude. Let's at least say that we know one, two, three, four people that listen. Five or six. Five or six. You're right. We've got Alex from Russia who chimes in. That's true, Alex. If you're listening, yeah. Um. Cool. So, all right, Q. What you um, got? What you got for us? Yeah. So this is one of those magical moments in music listening that happens from time to time um so and speaking of jimmy these guys fall into that era of emo music and they're still around today making tunes this is a band that i just discovered the magic part of this is how i found them because it's super random i've been in a on a fleetwood mac uh bender (laughs) for the last few days and I decided to just see if I could find some good covers, Fleetwood Mac covers, because there's a lot of bands that cover Fleetwood Mac. So I just searched for a random playlist. And when I hit shuffle, the first song that popped up was a cover of the song Gypsy, which I fucking love. It's one of my favorite songs of theirs. And this is a band called 
Tiger's Jaw. Have you ever heard of them? I have not heard of these guys. Or ladies. So, so it's actually, well, right now it's actually just one guy and one girl. Okay. Um, the rest of the band, I just read somewhere, I forgot how long ago this was, but the rest of the band split. Like three other members quit the band. I'm not, I don't know about the history of it. So right now it's just two people, but they're still going on as Tiger's Jaw. They have other um, band members other musicians that come on to help them tour. So they cover Gypsy for a single of theirs. And this is back in 2010. Not going to play that song. But anyways, I was just like, okay, well, now I know how they sound when they're covering Fleetwood Mac. I wonder how they actually sound. So they've been around since 2006. So that's the year we graduated high school. And they've been doing this, you know, what is it? Third wave emo? They've been doing it ever since, man. And it sounds like old school Jimmy World. You know, it's it's like a good mix of clarity and Bleed American. They remind me of Hey Mercedes. It's crazy, dude. They just, they're like a perfect blend of all the bands we've been listening to over the last few weeks. It's nutty. Except for the, the Screamo stuff. Minus the Screamo stuff. They're more in the emo pop category. And they just released a single five days ago. And that's what we're going to play It's today. like the stars are aligning, dude. Dude, you're going to fucking love this, man. All right. So this is a band called Tiger's Jaw. This is their brand new single. It's called Warn Me. dude so you said that that is a brand new track brand new song so and they've been doing this since 2006 yeah dude so yeah they're they're not just like doing this genre like they are the genre right like they they right. came from the era yep that's cool man yeah, yeah um dude. i fucking man i i must have played that song like six times a day <laughs> dude i can just see your ass prancing around your house <laughs> getting stoked to listen to this it's just one of those things man i'm like holy shit this sounds like may it you does know, sound like I was going to say. I can hear some Jimmy Whirl. Yeah, his voice sounds sounds very much like Dave and or Jim. So again, this uh, artist is called Tiger's Jaw, and this is their brand new single, Warn Me. Nice. All right, Travis, what you been hearing lately, brother? All right, Q. Um, I think it's safe to say that new shoegaze has been something that I've been kind of drawn to lately, right? New gaze? New, yeah, dude. 
I'm, has that caught on yet? Because if not, I don't know, dude. We gotta we gotta trademark that. <laughs> so um, I think I've said this before. Like I like to bounce from. I find an artist, and then I, I, you know, jump to similar artists. Right. I found these guys through you know probably from either the Narrowhead fans also like or maybe Dive. Right. So same vein. This is like shoegaze mixed with it's funny because they're classified as dream pop and shoegaze but you and i are smarter it's than that same we know thing. that's the same we know better thing. now yeah exactly so anyway uh this band is called gleamer g-l-e-e-m-e-r and we're gonna play the first track off of their record moving away came out in 2015 the song is called gauze all about them jams dude yeah dude yeah. tasty tasty number um so you remember i said earlier that like there was a moment in the song where something happened to me that i had no control over yeah did you pee your pants dude i didn't piss myself okay. um not no not quite but what i did do i've talked about moments in songs right where i have to kind of stop yeah and be like what did i just hear yeah, this was one of those moments when the, when that guitar riff comes in in the chorus that that hook mm-hmm. that I wasn't expecting and came out of nowhere. I had to like sit back, and like put my hand on my mouth and be like, "Oh my goodness gracious, what did I just hear?" And I had to rewind the tape back, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, where you have to go back and hear it again because you're like, I wasn't fully prepared for that, and it happened, and I was, you know, I was so impressed with it i have to go back and hear it again so i can get the full impact of it it's spoken like a true music lover i mean i hope i hope that's really? what i am that's what i pretend to be at least oh you are yeah anyway um it's a great track 
the rest of the record is similar. Um, but yeah, I just I, I love that kind of stuff. Um, right now, I'm all about it because what I like about shoegaze. You're talking about shoegaze or dream pop? I'm gonna. I like shoegaze <laughs> better, dude. Yeah, I like shoegaze better too. I'm sticking with the term shoegaze. I yeah. don't know why. To refer to this sound, I'm yeah. all about shoegaze dream pop get the fuck out of here but i, don't, I will there's, say there's just dude, too many pops dude there's too many pops what i will say is when you listen to old school okay all the dream pop that was coming out in the 2010s yes. that we recovered on on new dust yeah that is dream pop. that is dream not pop shoegaze yeah i feel like the the bands that are coming out with music like this now are yeah. are borrowing more from the shoegaze from the from the 90s as in like the my bloody valentine yes from my bloody valentine yeah the yeah. more grungy stuff. Exactly. And that's what I like about it is it's it's very, very close to, to the 90s rock sound. Absolutely. You know, and that's what I like about it. It's the amount of distortion that they- Fuzz, they man. The it's all the, it's it's that the fuzzy. Fuzz. Yeah, dude. It's exactly. the wall of sound. Exactly. I can't get enough of it. And I like the way that it's juxtaposed with the usually soft vocal delivery, right? Yep. All right. Anyway. So, yeah. This is probably going to be a long episode. So, dude, we're going to wrap it up. you me, brother. Next week, um, I'm pumped about this record, man, because this is Me too. This hasn't been on the uh, on the on the roadmap, if you will. I think we decided to do this like within the last few weeks. Yeah, dude, we penciled in this detour, like uh, you know, on the map. Yeah, all, like all these other records that we've talked about the last few weeks, we've planned on talking about them since the inception of the podcast. Right, this yeah. one we're sneaking in, and like it is right there. I, were you in high school when you discovered these guys? Or were you in college at that point? No, I was I was in high school, dude. I've got a whole story to tell, man. Okay, don't don't uh, spill beans then. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, this was back in my, my in my uh, drumming days with with Days Old Dream, which is the first time I've shout out shouted out the name of my old. Oh, band. surely you've said it before. Maybe. <laughs> uh, so this band is called Ethan Durrell, and we're talking about this record called White Knuckles on Turned wheels so these guys are local to Ditton, right yeah okay yep. so yeah this is super obscure if you don't live in 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 texas this is how obscure they are you know how many monthly listeners they have based on spotify at least i don't know dude 120 oh my god now i would love to get that many listeners if i had a little band yeah. per month but in retrospect like or if you want some comparison uh may let me push the back button enough to get there. Uh, <laughs> May has 108,000 monthly listeners. If you want to, if you want to go, if you want to keep scaling up from there. So Ethan Rell's just pocket change. Jimmy dude. World has 4 million plus Uber monthly smack. listeners. So yeah, this is small potatoes and they don't make music anymore. So there's nobody, there's no. nobody new coming onto this band, right? You're not pulling in new listeners they released one album after White Knuckles, and then they released a live album. Yeah, and that's it. But this, yeah. this, yeah, this record has got some really cool moments in it, and we're gonna play. Yeah, it's really, it's really different, dude. You know what, dude? Something about it. <laughs> There's <laughs> just like something what we about say this record, man. Every week. Hey, you know what? And that's the thing. Every time we say that, I want somebody to tweet at us and say, you know what? It's not that special. It sounds like this, or it sounds like yes. that. I want to hear more music that sounds like. The music that we talk about on the show yeah and that's a great segue trav why don't you talk about our, our our tweeters yeah so you can follow us on on uh twitter at no filler podcast um yeah we, we uh we like to we like to chat with people if you if you reach out to us we'll we'll probably talk at you yeah, and we'll give you a shout out like we did for yeah. karen and mary or marie 
Karen and Mary Marie. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> However you pronounce her name, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're Marie. sorry. Or Mary, I'm sorry that it, I am probably butchering your name. But anyway, um, yeah, shout out to us on Twitter, and we'll likely talk about you. Um, we're gonna talk about you behind your back. Yeah, if yeah, if you got if you're gonna talk trash, <laughs> we still might talk about you because that's even more fun. <laughs> I think there was a we, we, there was somebody that got onto us about about. Um, Pearl Jam or Stone Temple Pilots not being a grunge band. I think it was Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. Or whatever. His whatever name escapes he, me. At the I think moment. it was Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. Dan Former, I think his name was. Yep. Yeah, dude. He took us to school, man. It was before he we did take us to school. school he took I, us to school. I'm still, I still stand by my, my, my guns here. Yeah. But that's the thing. And that, that he was for, you know, he was more of the age group when, when grunge was hitting the scene to where he actually had a dog in the fight, if you will. Right. You and I, we were like, you know, little babies. We little babes. Yeah. So, like, to me, to me, like, probably for a small amount of time in my life, any rock music from the '90s was considered grunge. But that's like what we want, right? We want engagement with listeners, and we want a back and forth dialogue about music. That's what it's all about. Yes, man. exactly. So please reach out to us. That's what this podcast is about. Tell us how we're a bunch of chuckleheads. Yes, exactly. That's what this podcast is about, um, and it's finally starting to happen. People are actually starting to reach out to us. So why don't you keep that going, you know? Talk to us. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us what you want to hear us talk about, and we'll try to make it happen. So you can uh, – well, where can you hear us, Q? Well, you're listening to us right now, so. Yeah, that is funny that we say all this, and, like, you've already found us. You're listening to us now. <laughs> right. But we are part of a really awesome music network called – the Pantheon Podcast Network. Uh, we're part of a, a huge music podcast family. So if you if you search for Pantheon Podcasts, you can find us within the group. Uh, lots of different, sometimes quite random, music podcasts. Um, everything from Kiss to uh, there's a podcast that goes minute by minute in the movie Almost Famous. Uh, there's a bunch of uh, middle-aged dudes that talk about rap the dad bod rap pod i could just go on and on anyways lots of great music podcasts in the network that's pantheon podcasts and uh, you can find their website pantheonpodcasts.com you can find us on there you can stream our show from the network or you can find us uh on our own no filler podcast.com is our website let me help you out q thank you james and there you can find our show notes for each episode. You can stream the episodes from the, the website if you're that kind of person. Uh, and each show note page has track lists for every song that we talked about, every song that we played a clip from, including our What You Heard's. You'll find them on the show notes page. And any sources that we cited, we'll put a link to that article so you can read more if you care. So, for example, for this episode, I'll have the YouTube links for that acoustic concert and some of the interviews that we pull clips from. So, uh, yeah, check us out on all of those different places and follow us on Twitter at no filler podcast. And that'll do it for this week. So our outro song today is a side project of Mr. Dave Elkins Ooh. called schematic. This particular record is called color in it's kind of funny the way that they, they, I see what they did. Color inside in 
I don't know. I don't know how to say that out loud. I don't know how phonetically. It's called Color Inside the Lines. There we go. But there's like <laughs> a parenthesis in. Like a noun, I guess. Yeah. Who knows? They're trying to be clever. But this is Dave Elkin's uh, side project. This record came out in 2013. So the same year that he did those interviews and that live performance that we played a clip from, he was also pimping this record. So that's one of the reasons he was out there doing interviews. So we're going to play the first track off of this record. It's called Outside. And that'll do it for us this week. My name is Travis. And my name is Quentin. Talk at you guys next week. For what it was Since it was ours Let's walk along 86th and Park Just one more time And I won't forget you I promise I'll ride We're young But old enough To have our scars If this ends right But it ends tonight It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.